Welcome to the Doorways Ministry Network Podcast. I'm so glad you've joined us on this podcast. I'm Rick Shields, your host and the director of the Doorways Ministry Network. I'm happy to be joined again this week with my friend, Pastor Phil Taylor. Pastor Phil served as the senior pastor at Carbondale Assembly of God in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for 38 years before he retired in May of 2023. We're chatting this week about depression and looking at some of the causes and ways that depression can be managed. Pastor Phil is well acquainted with the topic, having lived it for much of his adult life. There were times there were some very dark seasons, times when it seemed to be well-managed, and even times when depression seemed to have been just a bad memory. He's lived through every expression of depression, and I believe he has important things to say and things we can benefit from hearing him share with us. So, Pastor Phil, thanks for joining us again on this follow-up episode. Absolutely. This is really a good place for me to remind our listeners, and even to remind you and I, that neither of us, Pastor Phil nor myself, are medical or mental health professionals. We are only speaking about topics we've experienced personally. If you or a loved one are battling with depression or another mental health disorder, we encourage you to find a physician or a counselor who's trained to help with that issue. Pastor Phil, we spoke last week about some of the symptoms of depression. They included persistent sadness, loss of interest or pleasure, fatigue and low energy, hopelessness and helplessness, difficulty concentrating, and changes in sleep and appetite. This isn't an exhaustive list, but only one that lists some of the predominant symptoms of depression. And I'd like to take some time today to speak about some of the causes of depression. We've looked at some of these together. I wonder if you'd take a couple of minutes to share some of these with our listeners. The ones you mentioned there, you know, physical, biological factors can certainly be a part of it. You know, as we as we age, some of us, you know, there there are some limitations that come, and that can bring about depression too. We can't do some of the things we used to do. We're not as agile or as fit or whatever, and and that can bring about depression. Change that comes with age or with jobs or uh, all those things. Guilt can and regret can fuel depression in us. All the changes that come with life, death or divorce or interruption to, uh, you know, to our schedule, uh, burnout for those in in helping and caring, things, bankruptcy, uh, just fatigue and burnout, all, all those things, unrealistic. I know in in ministry, unrealistic and unmet expectations and goals can can fuel burnout and and depression for people that especially those unmet goals. Yeah, many pastors yeah. have have goals, and they may be unrealistic. But then, when they're unmet, yeah. that's really tough. And and specifically, maybe sometime we could do we could do a, a podcast just for just kind of addressing the needs of pastors. But that's part of the thing, you know. You you boy, you feel like you pour your life into a group of people, and if you're a pastor or or an associate pastor. And uh, you're giving it all you've got, and there's no growth, or there's no response, or you know, it's like Noah preaching for however many years while he's building the uh, the ark, and not a soul gets saved. You know, boy, you went there feeling like you've got this call to to do ministry, and people are unresponsive, and uh, they won't get behind the vision. All those things can kind of uh, lend itself, you know, to uh, 
to depression and and uh, to the feeling of just worthlessness. Sure, and, and that kind of fuels fuels part of that. I think so. Do any of those that you've mentioned do they seem to have been triggers for you in your journey with depression? You know, I think there were times I, I probably felt like I took on more responsibility than I should have. I tend to. I, I could tell as I got more depressed, my tendency was to, again, kind of pull things in. It's like, well, good, then I won't ask anybody else to help because I'll just do this. As a pastor, I could sing, I could play, I could preach. So then I wouldn't have anybody to blame for the mistakes but me, you know. So if you remember, you know, Moses uh, in the Old Testament got burned out and depressed and his father-in-law came to him and said, hey, what are you doing? You're taking on every minute detail of the lives of people, and this is going to burn you out. Here's what you need to do. You need to appoint elders. You need to have people that are going to deal with these other problems so you can focus on what's important. And so, uh, you know, being able to delegate responsibility and be able to to take a day off and some self-care, all those kind of things would be helpful. And I, one, one thing we haven't mentioned, too, but another kind of thing that I had to kind of be aware of, uh, something that people talk about, sad, seasonal affective disorder. Right. A lot of times people, when the days get shorter, it's darker during wintertime, a lot of time people deal with that. For some weird reason, August was a lot of times a bad month. Really? And by the end of the summer, I don't know what it was, but I knew it was coming. So I, I anticipated it after a couple of years of experiencing Kind of that downtime, I thought, all right, I need to gear up. I I either need to plan a vacation during that time, or I need to do something different to make sure I kind of head that off. So there can be a lot of things that that kind of trigger depression. I'm probably not really addressing your question very well, but no, I think you are. And I'm looking. Uh, in fact, what you're talking, I'm trying to look up the the story of Moses and his father-in-law Jethro. Uh, when Jethro came to him and, and said, "What are, what are you doing?" Yeah, most at the doorway, you know, dealing with people's complaints and problems all day long until you know he couldn't he couldn't lead because yeah. he was overwhelmed by by all these other things. So yeah, and Moses' father in law said to him, "What you're doing is not good. You and these people who come to you will only wear yourselves out." He wasn't just going to burn himself out. He was going to burn out the people too in the process. Yeah, the reality was this: this was a a thing that Moses got a chance to learn. As you said earlier, it wasn't just about him, and we tend to try to make these things only about ourselves. It wasn't just about him, though. It really was about everybody and the health of the whole. Let's call it organization. We could call it that as well. Exactly. So, yeah, that's a that's an important thing to note. I'm glad you brought that up. You're listening to the Doorways Ministry Network podcast. My name is Rick Shields, and I'm joined on this episode with the Reverend Phil Taylor, the pastor emeritus at Carbondale Assembly of God in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Pastor Phil served that church for nine years as a youth pastor and associate pastor, followed by 38 years as a senior pastor. I got to tell you, Pastor Phil, that's amazing. When you go to heaven, you're going to get a big gold medal around your neck for that. <laughs> right now, it feels like a cement block, but eventually it may turn into a gold medal. On this episode, we've spoken about some of the causes of depression. Again, let me say, neither Pastor Phil Taylor nor I are medical or mental health professionals. We are only speaking about topics we've experienced personally. So if you were a loved one are battling with depression 
or another mental health disorder, we encourage you, find a physician or a counselor who's trained to help with that issue. I'd like to change gears here, Pastor Phil, and talk about managing depression. In your experience, what seems to have helped and what seems not to have helped? <laughs> Obviously, the uh, uh, we mentioned last time that, uh, well, just, you know, try to pull yourself up by your own bootstrap kind of thing. That that never really helped. I, I don't know that positive thinking or positive confession or whatever, there's a place for that. But uh, but sometimes it goes deeper than that. It's not just, well, let's try to have a happy thought. I know uh, when, when you can't I, manufacture a happy thought, how no, can you have a happy thought? Yeah. Yeah. When you're so far down uh, under this, you're buried under this that, uh, you know, you can't you can't see your way out. And and again, that's why, OK, then then we're going to have to have some help. One of the things, uh, just a kind of a real a couple of simple things. One, if you uh, in in First uh, Kings nineteen eighteen and nineteen, it's the story of Elijah, and he has this confrontation, you know, with the prophets of Baal, and and uh, calls down fire from heaven. He has this great victory, and and they kill these wicked prophets. Ahab and Jezebel then are keen on killing him. Jezebel says, "I'll have his head for the days out," and Elijah runs for his life. So he's gone from a ministry high, and this is. This yeah. is fairly typical too in depression. You can you can kind of expect it. You have a, as a pastor a awesome day on Sunday, and Monday you just feel like, well, I need to just resign, you know. And and so hmm. there's these hills and valleys, ups and downs. And Elijah then is running for his life. And what happens if you read it, read in the, in chapter 19, First Kings 19, the first thing that happens is he goes somewhere, sets down, and falls asleep under a tree. So he's exhausted, and the first thing he needed right. was to rest. And then the angel woke him up and said, get up and eat something and provided mm. food for him. And then he rested again. And then another time the angel feeds him and then says, strengthened by this, he travels for 40 days. And then finally he went into a cave and spent the night, and then the word of the Lord came to him. So one of the things I would say to people is, then let's let's take a look at your rest and your diet and then how you're going to put yourself in a place where you can hear the word of the lord and mm-hmm. for me that was that was something important i had to find a way to kind of stop to get some discipline back in my life perhaps uh you know to adjust my sleep schedule that kind of thing and then to begin once again to kind of all right lord i want to hear from you and I want to see if I can hear something. Part of depression can come because we're not hearing from God. But the truth is, he's spoken whether we're hearing it or not. So I need to put myself in a place where I can hear it. That means I need to read the Word of God. And I mentioned last time, grabbing hold of the Psalms and began to uh, begin to hold on to those things. Begin to redirect my your thinking. Uh, Philippians 4, verse 8, you know, says, whatsoever things are good and and wholesome and all those things. So begin to refocus your thinking uh, is another piece to that, to redirect your thoughts about about life. Praise became an important part of kind of getting over this uh, or getting through this for me so that I began to praise the Lord, believing that uh, I tell people you can praise your way out of depression sometimes. I woke up every day and would say, Lord, I thank you that today I'm one day closer to the end of this dark tunnel than I was yesterday. 
and mm. that you're going to lead me and direct my steps today. And so I surrender this day to you. I would literally turn my hands over. So my palms facing down and I'd say, Lord, I empty my hands today of everything that I bring. I empty the fear and depression and discouragement and, and I, I have nothing. And then I would turn my hands palm upward and I'd say, now, Lord, put in my hands whatever I need today to be able to serve you and to do all that you've called me to do, to help other people and to be effective for you. You're the equipper. And so equip me and help me to carry out what you want me to do. Just those kinds of things for me were were ways that helped me kind of, you know, climb through this. Yeah, and, that's powerful. That's yeah, good. They were, they were helpful. Best Phil, you said something earlier too that I wanted to respond to. That is, we have to, you know, pastors especially, we have to hear from God every week. Yeah. And it just seems to me like that would be something that would cause a person to go next to crazy. <laughs> How do you do that? You know, it's, yeah, good question. Particularly when you're already crazy. Part well, particularly, that, yeah, when you're batting, you're in the middle of depression. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and part I don't of know that how. was that continual seeking the Lord for my own sanity, you know, and health in that sense. And it was in that then that it, reading the scripture, like, all right, Lord, I'm going to read until something ministers to me, uh, something speaks to me, and and then out of that. Uh, I, I think once again, what I'd said before, quoting Paul about uh, in our weakness, that's when he manifests yeah. his strength. And I think ministering from a place of brokenness, uh, you know, it was uh, who Henri Nouwen that wrote a book about the wounded healer. I, I think there there is something to that. I think, I don't mean to make this as just a, uh, you know, overgeneralizing, but there's something to be said for wounded healers, for shepherds that you know, that kind of walk with a limp, that we've experienced our brokenness. And so it makes us, you know, more empathetic, perhaps, or more sympathetic with others. I remember years ago hearing, I think it was Keith Miller or Bruce Larson, one or the other, both those guys were authors back in the 70s and 60s. Uh, but talking about, as pastors, we stand behind the pulpit and say, thus saith the Lord. And then as as followers of Jesus, though, then we walk down off the platform and sit down with the congregation and say, now, how are we going to live that out? Mm. And I think that's part of what, uh, in depression or whatever else, I can proclaim to you, this is what the Lord says. This is what the Word of God says. But then that depression causes me then to stand alongside people and say, but I got to tell you, that's tough. And I'm not sure how we're going to do this, but we'll do it one day at a time, one prayer at a time. And uh, and one decision at a time. And well, again, as a as a member of your congregation since the uh, I think around 1990 1991 when we started to attend there, so 30 years, 30, 32, 33 years, I would say that perhaps one of the things that endeared you the most to our congregation is the fact that you didn't preach stuff you hadn't lived. You were often right in the middle of the very things that you were preaching to us about. You you preached your life to us, your struggles and your and your joys and your victories. You you preached your life, and I think that's the thing that endeared you to everybody. We didn't like watching you be depressed, but you were willing to talk about it, 
and we loved watching you when you weren't depressed. It's true to say that the thing that endeared you so much to people was that you you really preached the very things you were learning and the things you were living. There was no theory involved in it. It was okay. all practical. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, th- I thank you for that. And, and yeah, I tried to be, I, I felt like, you know, the, the way of ministry for me was to be transparent and to be vulnerable. It was not like, you know, I appreciated that Paul said, you know, follow me even as I follow Christ. And I, I'm still willing to say that to people just as long as they understand that part of my way of following him may may be in brokenness itself, you know. I always remember uh, there's a book called uh, Tracks of a Fellow Struggler, I think it's yeah. called, John Claypool. Claypool and I remember right. hearing him speak once, and he had a daughter who uh, was ill with uh, leukemia, I think it was. And he talked about the experience of sitting in the hospital during the night with her and, you know, with her crying and in pain and daddy, why pray for me? And why doesn't God heal me? And then he would leave the hospital to go to his congregation uh, the next morning to preach. And I remember him talking about the passage from the prophet Isaiah, where he says, you know, we're to run as the, uh, what is it? Mount up with wings as eagles will run and right. not walk and not faint. And he said, I'll just be honest with you. There are times when soaring with wings like an eagle or running and not fainting or whatever is just not appropriate uh, because we're just, we're crushed and, and, and yeah. uh, stricken down, you know? And, and so, uh, but he said, but the key is we're, we're still moving forward. It may, we may not be running or soaring, but the appropriate response in faith is that we're still moving. That always struck me. It's like, you know, yeah, not everybody out there is soaring like an eagle today. Uh, some of us are just doing real good to get our shoes and socks on and be able to be there. But we have hope, and that keeps us going. And I, that honesty was valued and appreciated by people, and, and I'm thankful for that. Not everybody, you know, would value that. It's like, well, I want to hear a preacher that's, you know, successful and on top of things. And, and there's plenty of those guys out there. But yeah, I was I was the one who kind of said, yeah, we're, we're probably all going to struggle. That's that's part of what living is. And uh, but hallelujah, yeah. we're going to keep we're going to keep rejoicing and and keep trusting the Lord. And that's the yeah. truth. I appreciate uh, you. One more thing, Go ahead. Uh, Rick. The, just I, I said it before. That thing about telling yourself the truth and and talking to yourself. As I get older, I do that quite a bit. I, I <laughs> talking to myself in Walmart for some reason, but but to stop and tell yourself the truth about things. Uh, I sometimes we just depression becomes a default position for us that whatever happens, like I mentioned about that ABC thing, the activating event and our automatic response is, oh, I have no coping mechanism and we just fall down into this uh, abyss, into this swath of of depression or whatever. And for us to stop and think for a moment about what's really going on and what's, what's a God perspective on this, what's heaven see rather than just what I'm seeing now. And for us to change our perspective a little bit, I just think that's a real important and vital piece to finding the peace of the Lord. You know, the scripture says he'll keep us in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. And there's a way that we can just, I'm going to, I'm going to continue to focus on the Lord. I'm going to continue to have heaven's 
perspective on things so that, well, what if this happens? Yeah, but heaven already has uh, a lock on this, you know, and, right. and God's in control of this. And uh, we're going to see the salvation of the Lord. He's going to work this out. And so uh, I, I think to to tell ourselves the truth and to hold on to that perspective, I think, is another just vital piece to this for me. As if God doesn't know what the truth is. Yeah. We we tell ourselves these things like, okay, this is what I'm really going to believe. God knows. Come on. <laughs> he really does. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing your time and your story with us, Pastor Phil. And I, I really, I, I have no doubt that there are going to be others who benefit from hearing about your experience and the insight that you share. I'd like for us to complete our time together with prayer for those who are caught in the grip of depression or some other mood disorder. I'm thankful to know this. Jesus is the healer of all our diseases. He doesn't require us to have some physical manifestation of an illness for him to show his grace and mercy and healing. So would you please pray for those who are listening and especially for those in need of him to touch their mind, their will, and their emotions? Amen. I'd be pleased to do that. Father, I thank you today that that the scripture says that you've given us a sound mind. And I stand upon that promise today, Lord, that you have healing for us. For those of us, Lord, who have battled with depression, that we can stand to today to declare the Lord is my light and my salvation. And so I won't be afraid and I won't be overwhelmed by these things. The psalmist said, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fear. You're the God who lifts up the countenance of those whose countenance is downcast or depressed. And so I believe you today to bring peace to those who are discouraged. Lord, if there's physical yes, reasons for mental health issues, for depression or schizophrenia or bipolar disorder, whatever it might be, I pray for healing, that you would that you would manifest your grace in that person's life to heal and to restore a soundness of mind for those depressed and discouraged today. I pray you would restore in their heart and in their spirit a sense of wellness and wholeness, that there is light that breaks in, even in the darkness, because the truth, Lord, the Scripture says that that even in the dark, you are the light, that, that there's a way that you're going to bring us into a place of light, even in the darkness. And Lord, even in our moments of despair, or when everything seems to be in the midst of a storm, we believe that you are with us. You'll either calm the storm or you'll calm us and bring us through, but we have no cause for fear. And so we're going to trust you today, Lord, that we'll tell ourselves the truth, that you're a God who loves us, a God who cares about us, a God who wants us well and whole, and you're moving us in that direction. You're moving us towards wholeness and restoration. May we walk in your peace and in your favor. May the grace of the Lord be upon us, and you'll lift up mm. your countenance upon us, and you'll give us peace. And we receive that in faith today. Let every heart be encouraged. We'll not give up today where well, there's a better day coming, and we're going to trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks again for listening. I hope you found this podcast to be helpful. Please feel free to share it with others you think may benefit from it. Would you like someone to pray for you? I'll pray for you. And if you'd like, I'll share your note with others who will pray and believe for God to work on your behalf. Drop me a note at info at doorways.cc. 
Until next time, may you sense God's presence, the love of Jesus, and the grace of the Holy Spirit in your heart, your home, and in your spheres of relationship in the days ahead. God bless you.